Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Nick Cody. And I'm Luke Heggie. Throughout human history, there have been countless scuffles, melees, and fracasses. When planes were invented, we didn't magically just stop belting the shit out of each other. So ladies and gentlemen, strap in, kick your shoes off, recline your seat without checking, drink your duty-free, and start staring aggressively at strangers. This is Mid-Flight Brawl. Mid-air madness, passengers trading blows. Mid-air brawl on board a scoot flight from the Gulf. At LAX. Thrown off a flight from Bali. A disruptive passenger on board. Cussing, screaming, spitting, even urinating. Many of them have been captured on cell phones. Where's the lady that's not in the... Where the fuck is this talking to me? I hope this crashes. Out the fucking door! Welcome to Midfly Brawl. Any tip rat can fly now, and here is what happens when they do. I'm Nick Cody. And I'm Luke Heggie. How you going, mate? Mate, how am I? I'm bloody, I'm fantastic. We did it, man. We did it. A whole year. Oh, yeah. Damn straight. 51st episode. We made it. They said we never would. But look what we did. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! We did it. A whole year. A yes. whole year of mid-flight brawl. Yeah. How good. Oh, it's great, In- including uh, last week's live show. Mate. Which uh, I think went off fairly well. What a fucking fun time there at uh, Comedy Republic in Melbourne. Top spot, that. If uh, if you're Very in good. Melbourne and you want to see some good live comedy, get along to Comedy Republic. Purpose built for comedy. It's fucking rare in Australia. Generally, it's, uh, hey, we put a stage in front of the trackside TV. Uh, have a go. Fuck yeah. I've I've done a gig once where someone told me to move while I was on because they needed to shoot their shot at pool <laughs> and I was in the backswing region standing there doing stand-up. So far cry from that and uh, yeah, bloody good day. I, I was there all day actually just doing gig after gig. It was neat. Yeah, well, we, we had our, our 50th episode, the live show there, sold out. Thanks to everyone that came along. Sorry for the uh, 30-odd that due to fucking... Uh, dictated Dan's last-minute uh, orders. Yeah. The scamdemic strikes again. <laughs> Got punted to the uh, to the bar to watch live stream, but from a bar. Which personally, from a punter's perspective, if somebody said to me, "Hey, the show's on upstairs. Do you want to go in, or you can have all your money back and just watch it at this bar?" Oh, result! Absolute result. I feel the same <laughs> way about sport generally. Yeah, if I ever watch any. TV is better coverage. <laughs> That's why there's so much obesity in Australia, particularly Queensland. Big screen, better than being at the cauldron. Mate, honestly, though, for rugby league, I think it is a TV sport. I had a lot of people explain that to me because it just moves along. What I had no idea about in rugby league is until I went to a game and sat up high in the stadium was just how little a lot of players do for a fair chunk of the game. Because you're on TV, you're only getting the action, the zoomed in on the action. A lot of these blokes are just fucking walking up and down for 80 minutes. Oh, okay. You say that as a gridiron fan. Yeah. Where they do 10 to 12 seconds of work in five hours and they're puffed. But at least they're all working together at the same time. Are they? Versus three blokes with the ball and somebody on the right wing just having a nap. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I saw, honestly, I saw a few series of Broncos plays. Now, granted, the Brisbane Broncos came last last year. They were quite terrible. But. A bunch of the players just on the outside, just walking up during the offensive set. Then they'd kick. The other team would get it. And because the ball stayed on the inside, the wingers and whoever's next to them on the outside, they were just fucking walking up and back this 40-meter stretch of the field. Looked pretty good. Yeah. There's a there's a classic clip of uh, one of Brisbane's favorite sons, one of the Ipswich Connection, Kevy Walters, when he was 5'8 for the Broncos in arguably the heyday 
off the Broncos and uh, in back play, he had time to cock his bum and fart. Oh, really? Not many sports you get to do that besides cricket. <laughs> like a full contact sport, not many people have the time or the wherewithal to fart while they're on the field. Not our Kevy. Is that the same Kevin Walters who's now the, the coach of the Broncos? Yes. And when you say the Ipswich connection, you mean from this classic song. Here we come, walking down the street. We really love all the The three and only. And Wow. Kerrod Walters, Kevin Walters and Alfie Langer. Yeah. Putting songs out as a footy team, real embarrassing. <laughs> I remember the English football team did that in the 90s and they were rapping and stuff on their way to the World Cup. It's, it's yeah. not great. No, it's not great. There's been, I've seen some NFL teams do different dances and stuff together. Yuck. Which is a, the saddest part is, is that you've got, you know, say there's 52 people in the squad, 40, 46 dudes that probably can dance real fucking well yeah. being told to do one that's been choreographed by a bloke that can't. Yeah. You go, I reckon they're a lot smoother when they go out later at night than in this tacky fucking video. Surely it's not in their contracts. You can say no. To this sort of stuff? Yes. Well, I, I just think it's, you know, it's that footballer's mentality of one in, we're all in. That's what gets them in trouble in the first place. Saturdays are for the boys. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, man, bit of news on the podcast front. I couldn't help but notice that uh, – we are down 109 places to 246 in Ireland comedy podcast section. All that Shannon bashing. The Wise River didn't fucking appreciate it. Oh, Jesus. So Quite hurtful. Normally a place to get right behind it if you're talking about them. Well, that there is 246 comedy podcasts in Ireland is incredible to me. Welcome to Shannon Airport, gateway to the Wild Atlantic Way. Obviously the Wild Atlantic Way, not a fan of yeah. getting made fun of. I thought they were all about the crack. That's all my Irish rallies and mates love it. They like their crack going in one direction, from what I've, from what I've noticed about the Emerald Isle. Um, good news, though. Number 43 in Estonia. Bang! Mid-flight brawl. Have that. God, this has turned around. So thank you to all the Estonians listening to this for some reason. How are we going on the Saudi charts? We occasionally pop up there. We're out. <laughs> Oh, fuck, bad to hear. Good news, though. We're still oh, killing it in Australia, where the vast, the crushing majority of our listeners are. Um, and good news if you're here in Australia, if you made it back. Still loving seeing people on the news going, still trying to get back from overseas. I was on a Kentucky tour and uh, decided to try and get back, and the government won't let me. You go, fair enough, man. You did only have a year of the pandemic to come home. Yeah. But uh, anyway, <laughs> no finger pointing. Adelaide. March 13, that's next week. We're going to be at the Rhino Room during the Adelaide Fringe Festival. And uh, how good is the Fringe Festival? We could have sold more tickets. Adelaide government said it's 75% capacity. And what's the Adelaide Fringe said? Oh, they've said 50% across the board. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, For my personal stand-up shows, I'm adding extra shows because I've sold out, which sounds impressive, but it's only 50%. So... I've got to do two shows for one, just because of the scamdemic again. <laughs> We're Brizzy the week after March twenty and twenty one. Uh, Good chat comedy club of Fritzenberger. Uh, if you don't have tickets for that yet, fucking sucked in. Ruin Christmas. We are sold out. Yes, Brizzy has snapped up all the tickets there, but you can come to Melbourne. March 27, we're at the European Beer Cafe. Fucking relax, Chandler. We're at your venue. Calm down. And then April 3rd and 17, we're back at Comedy Republic. Uh, so March 27, April 3, April 17 for Melbourne. Go to midflybrawl.com for your tickets. Patreon.com slash midflybrawl. Uh, if you want some bonus apps and whatnot, the video of the live show is up there now. And uh, fuck me, I sound like the race caller on the 12th man. Yes. I'm about to explode. So oh, You got it all in there, mate. Why not? Kenny Callender. Um, man, you've been doing a lot of stand-up, I see, around the traps. Classic Melbourne favourite son stand-up, multiple gigs per night, etc. Well, I did uh, I did five on Saturday. I saw what you pulled off the other week and I thought, what a fucking gargantuan effort. Yeah. But uh, I did four gigs at the at Beer Fest in St Kilda, which I know you love a middleman, Heggy, and fuck me, somebody has sold, figured out a way to sell people tickets so they can drink in a park, oh, yeah. which is 
Pretty good. Unbelievable. 16-year-old me in Hopper's Crossing, I wish I saw at the time that what I was doing could have been worth a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) A mixed six-pack and down to the local park, exactly like Beer Fest. Down in St Kilda as well in Melbourne on the beach. Well, the park's right near the beach, but because of all the gates up around Beer Fest, they've blocked the view of the beach. Oh, of course. Yep. So you can't see the water because that's blocked. Yep. Because uh, it's got to be a secure event for people to drink in a park. Yeah. And then it's uh, some of the, you know, tastiest beers from all around Australia served in the way the brewers wanted them served, and that is uh, a plastic cup. Oh, and tepid. <laughs> yeah. What uh, You miss a lot of the beach when you, when you don't see the beach in St Kilda. What do you miss? Just a sort of grey water. Yeah, I'll be honest. It's, completely still. It's no Sydney beach, mm. but uh, of course. But um, fuck, it's nice. It's still nice. Getting down there, seeing the water. Obviously, the uh, the gigs they they'd sold two. So beer fest is normally just a big day, but um, your new favourite sentence because of COVID, yeah, it could no longer be that way. So they've they've split <laughs> it into two sessions again, just doubled the amount of tickets being sold, yeah, for the same event and getting people out before they're too maggot. Um, so there was a twelve o'clock show, two o'clock show, and then a six o'clock and an eight o'clock. What they roll the crowds out? Yeah. Get out, new crowd. Yeah. Oh, really? You can't stay all day? You've had enough of drinking in a park. Oh, sick. Go and do it in a pub now. Oh, so you could just repeat yourself. You weren't under any pressure to do four different sets of stand-up. Well, I did. Well, I decided to, when there was the same crowd of people there, do two different 15s. Yeah. I'm professional. Yeah. Not everybody rolls like that. (laughs) Uh, And then... Yeah, the 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock were fun. The, the crowds were definitely drunker throughout the day because yeah. I've got a feeling if you're at that second half of beer fest, you're not waiting until 5 p.m. to have your first beer on a sunny Saturday. Oh, fuck no. I, um, I've i been to festivals, like outdoor comedy, tough. And even if you're in a tent, pretty tough when people are in a festival mood. I was at that Falls Festival oh. when I was only like maybe a year into comedy. There's 5,000 people waiting for their favourite band to come on. And a chant, a, a fuck off chant started. While you are on? Yeah, about two minutes in. Jeez. Started a take. I thought it was going to be 5,000 people chanting fuck off at me in a minute. But it didn't. It only got up to about four or 500. <laughs> and then uh, didn't didn't really take to the whole crowd. They couldn't hear them. <laughs> Thank goodness. A little jarring. I reckon once it gets above a quarter of the crowd capacity, you're in trouble. Oh. That's going to spread pretty fucking quick. Yeah, absolutely. Much like COVID, few people get it, then it's on. Yeah. So they say. Um, Makes you think, doesn't it? I mean, I've been doing a fair bit of stand-up myself, like trying to get my show in order, obviously, yeah. starting next week. And a lot of open micing. And uh, you say professional, some of them, not so much. I mean, I have a good time. And overwhelmingly, really good people. But I've heard a lot of, like a lot of jokes start with this fucking bitch. What? And stuff like that. You think, fuck, man, I, I don't recall ever. I don't knock anyone doing stand-up. Good on you for giving it a crack. But um, some really, really rude Stand up getting around, you know, not like in my day. <laughs> it is weird, isn't it? When you go to an open mic, just the you get two very, I find it's not a, a wide variety of people. No, it's somebody that's quite upset that Zoo magazine's not being sold anymore. Yeah. And somebody that cries that the university doesn't have enough safe spaces. Oh, yeah. More of the former from what I've seen lately. The only place those people ever meet. Is backstage at an open mic. Oh yeah, it's mad. It's pretty um, it's pretty amazing. Like starting, uh, literally starting a, a set with this fucking bitch, <laughs> and then going on to say, you know, what some woman did that was annoying. I think Jesus, man, maybe wait <laughs> ten years before you do that. You're not going to get away with it. These sort of overnight Jim Jeffries types getting around. Like first first ever gig, man. I can I can find photos of me back in two thousand and nine with a leather jacket, fucking trying to tell it like it is. Oh yeah, till it dawned on me pretty quickly. I'm not that bloke. I am just Australia's most lovable arrogant. So I smiled and moved on. Oh yeah, <laughs> just just a guy you'd love to you know share a drink with in a pub and have a few yarns. I've seen reviews of that ilk about you. Stock standard, um, mate. Should we get stuck in? Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Episode 51. But again, if you want to see us live, Adelaide, March 13. Brisbane sucked in. It's already sold out. Melbourne, March 27. April 3rd and 17. Midflightbrawl.com for tickets. Uh, Patreon.com slash midflightbrawl. If you want some 
extra content. Uh, we chuck up bonus episodes every fortnight. And a uh, big shout-out once again, if you've seen uh, footage or the uh, photos of the live event, um, our mate Pete that built the uh, the awesome light box for us, the more chilly light box. Oh, yeah. And a few other guys came the other night to um, to the European Beer Cafe, which was my fifth gig of the day on Saturday. Yes. After um, after Beer Fest. And it's very very rare that you think, fuck, I've got to go to a European Beer Cafe where there's going to be less drunk people yeah. than the gig I was just at. <laughs> but um, got along there. Pete was there. A bunch of other fucking mad dogs had some had some drinks afterwards. Not me. I'm on the fucking zero still like a soft cock. I'll be back. And, uh, mate, good time. One of the blokes had a more chili T-shirt on. Yes. I forget who it was. Fuck, who was it with the more chili shirt? Fuck, I've blanked. Send us a message. Bash me later. Um, mate, I also got a pair of more chili socks. Really? From my mother-in-law for Christmas. Yeah. They're just socks with heaps of chilies on them. She didn't even realise how much I'd enjoy that. Nice. That is more chilly, if ever I've heard of it. Let's get stuck in, man. I'm rambling on. Let's do it. So uh, we're looking, mate, at Sydney to Melbourne, classic route, April 6, 2006. Good route. Oh, yeah. Sydney to Melbourne. Great bloody route, mate. Qantas, uh, Melbourne lawyer and Qantas frequent flyer, Peter Lustig, had an economy ticket, which must be galling. Uh, He's got a client with him at the time. Hold on. Right. You say you say frequent flyer, but he could be red, you know. Could be bronze. No, he wasn't. Ooh, big dog. Um, I think he was right up there. Yeah, he had plenty of points. Platinum? Um I don't know, man. Um the client he had with him, right, is Melbourne white collar identity, uh, Giuseppe Di Simone. So to save face at the yuckiness of travelling economy, Peter demands that their suit jackets get hung up in the business class wardrobe. Makes sense. Even though they're in economy. Also, well, I say makes sense. You should never be in a suit on a plane. I don't think there's a more uncomfortable way to travel than in a suit. Yeah. Well, suits are uh, – you, you still see them. Qantas must have more suits than any other airline. Mm. I do love to see a suit getting off Jetstar. Why bother? Yeah, times are tough. It's like your real estate agent turning up in a barina. You go, I, I like it, but also I don't respect it. But again, we've spoken about this before. Wouldn't you rather that because it means they're not ripping off their customers? Totally, yes. But they become such fucking high-profile dickheads with haircuts that you kind of think you can't be a real estate agent if you've got a shit car. Did I tell you about mine? We were looking at houses the other week and it was a uh, Monday? And I said, mate, tight haircut. He goes, oh, what are you kidding around? Yeah, got it cut on Friday. Fuck me. Fuck, man. Not that far apart. Yeah. Fucking yuck. The um, the flight attendant, Andrew Stocks, who was 17 years into his job, so by quantum standards, a rookie, um, has no idea how important these two are and says about the wardrobes, no, fuck off, they're full. So um, the lads weren't having that. That is, fuck off, we're full. Really, the spirit of Australia. <laughs> the two lads have started a brief fight, which involved De Simone being poked in the chest with a finger uh, from the flight attendant and ended up in both of them getting marched off the plane and banned from flying Qantas, even though they say that stocks started it. Um, so not a lot of details on the fight, but in a face-saving move, Peter Lustig has started a civil action with them to recoup some costs. Sorry, what year was this again? 2006. Yeah, so it's that post 9-11, I reckon. Still within five years there. Yeah. A little bit of put my jacket up there. Nah, fucking do it. Get them off. Security risk. Oh, for sure. They're, yeah, they're on a hair trigger to kick someone off a plane and make a big thing about it. Doesn't sound on the face of things a big deal, but I reckon there's more to it. Definitely. People like this, strangers to the truth, generally. The... um. The legal action was initially begun to get their lifetime bans from flying Qantas overturned. So that's that sounds quite drastic for for a simple, what do you mean, I can't have my jacket in that wardrobe. Obviously something else has happened. And they also wanted the cost of replacement flights on Virgin so they could get back to Melbourne. Peter also wanted an extra $4.50 for his bus ticket to change terminals. 
So that's a good lawyer. Huh. I assume Giuseppe just walked the two minutes it takes me to get from Qantas to Virgin in Sydney. And I think that's what sunk Peter, that extra $4.50, <laughs> greedy. Like Icarus, he's flown too close there. Yeah, that is too much. The spirit of Australia, they have none of it. They said, oh, no way, get fuck, fuck off. Um, <laughs> Peter said, look, Giuseppe, don't panic, mate. This is what I do. I'll sort this out by hook or by crook, probably crook, given our respective backgrounds. Um, and so began a nine-year battle where the lads upped the ante. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Yep. Asking, you know what they asked for afterwards? 60 million <laughs> frequent flyer points between them. Aim for the stars. Fuck yeah. That's a lot of points. That's so many points. Yeah. <laughs> and what did they end up getting? Well, fuck all in the end. But in the meantime, right, well, the, the, the battle wages on. But um, in the meantime, the fellas just get back to living life, right? And uh, the, the more colourful of the two, Giuseppe, uh, that very same year, he was head of sea change management. So <laughs> sounds legit. Um, in cahoots with a different high-profile Melbourne lawyer, Michael Breton. Why, might you think, would a lawyer be high-profile? No good. It's like me, a consumer, being forced against my will to know what a real estate agent or a chef looks like or, for that matter, a fucking radio host. <laughs> radio host, bit different. You're meant to know who we are because we're talking to you every day. I think a lawyer... High profile means they're in the paper next to somebody with neck tattoos and a suit on. Yeah, but like radio used to be the last stand for ugly people involved in the entertainment industry, not anymore. You got this fucking hot boy on there, this fucking solid (laughs) five. Now I'm on it. They're getting good-looking people in now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even journalists, they're not allowed to be ugly anymore at this juncture of human evolution. That's where we are. Um, Lawyer to the stars, Brayton is another classic Melbourne character. Anyone that described as their job to the stars should just be in jail. I mean, they end up there, but they should just be put there as soon as that's their label. Real estate agent to the stars, yuck, already. Yeah, it's like when I hear defence lawyer, it's how long until you jump in on the businesses you're defending them about in court? Yeah. <laughs> the um, Breton, right? I don't want to go into everything that Melbourne's second favourite Breton got up to, but... um. He did become one of your favourite arts identities. How? Producing Jolson the Musical and investors in Jolson the Musical. I love musicals. Brilliant, especially ones about Al Jolson. Investors included some of some other of Melbourne's favourite businessmen, such <laughs> as your hero, Richard Pratt. Oh, yeah? The cardboard king. Yeah, the old price fixer. Yeah. Allegedly. Oh, man. Richard Pratt, right? He used to, I used to work on a marina in Sydney Harbour. Yeah. And he had a boat sitting there. Like it was a really nice boat. Just sitting there for when he came up to Sydney, you know, and wanted to take his mistress out on the harbour. And this dude I know, it was his job just to maintain the boat. Oh. Sick. What isn't that a fucking great gig? Brilliant. Unbelievable. I think looking after a rich person's second home or their second boat, it's much like being a pilot. It's really easy until there's a fuck up. Yeah, and there is fuck-ups because complacency slips in. You're like, Richard hasn't been here for a year. I'm moving in. Yeah. And then Richard will turn up. Oh, no. And you're fucking lying in bed with someone on his boat. Yeah. I don't know. I just did a top-decker. I didn't flush that shit. <laughs> All I did was polish handrails and shit. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Pratt had a, he had a kid with his mistress, mm. in fact, the Sydney one. The kid's name is Ka-Ching. <laughs> Um, Matt, I did a gig at their at their mansion, the Pratt Mansion. Yeah, have you heard of Raheen? No, it's you always know if your house has got a name. Raheen is a heritage listed Italianate mansion in Q. In uh, in Irish, it means little fort. Nah. But I went there and it was fucking massive, mm. and none of it had ever, I think, had an Irish person in there. I may have been the first red beard to ever step into Raheen Estate. Yeah, right. It was sus. I turned up in an Uber, which was a Toyota Corolla, and the security, I don't think it would ever seen that car before. Yeah. They were quite shocked. <laughs> Why is it so small? <laughs> Why aren't the seats leather? How was the gig? Actually good fun because I just made fun of the fact that I grew up very differently to uh, all the people that were in that house at that time. 
to the Prats. Mm. Of course. I mean, a year after this, all this Al Jolson musical business, Pratt was brown bread, and uh, the bloke I knew had to go get a fucking job. Oh, that's a shame. Did you know, right? Yeah. Keep it going. A year after Richard the Cardboard King Pratt's death, the Hebrew University of Jerusalem awarded him an honorary doctorate of philosophy. So it's never late, never too late to study, is it? And better yourself. <laughs> I thought that was for athletes and musicians. Honorary doctorates. Yeah. Honorary degrees, maybe. Ah. Uh, no one's believing a fucking athlete is getting an honorary <laughs> doctorate. <laughs> Dr. Wally Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Dennis Rodman. Nobody's biting, yeah. biting on that. <laughs> a major in parking wherever the fuck you want. <laughs> um, the cardboard king himself, Pratt, he's an inspiration. Uh, to all of us, of how anyone can come from humble beginnings, inherit millions, ditch the last name, bit Jewy for Australia, form a cartel, engage in some price fixing and collusion, eventually ending up with an order of Australia, good old fashioned elbow grease in it. <laughs> You'd want a cardboard box, no, for your for your coffin for a last laugh. You reckon? Yeah, it starts flat, and the people on the day have to pop it up in all the. You got to build it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got to build it. The- it want to be well designed. So you know how you get a flat pack box and put something heavy in it, the oh, ass falls out. Yeah. You don't want a body in there. You're double taping the bottom. Yeah. If you are if you do have a cardboard coffin. <laughs> yeah. Among other accolades, right? One time, including an OAM, one time Pratt was named Environmental Visionary of the Year by the Keep Australia Beautiful campaign, who evidently have no fucking idea how cardboard's made. <laughs> Isn't that mad? <laughs> Either way, R.O.P. Dickie Pratt, O.A.M. Gone too soon. Maybe they just saw the uh, the little recycle logo printed on all the boxes. Yeah. Thought, fuck, he's helping out. You can't print that <laughs> unless it's legit. They don't let anyone have a printing press. No, not even saying their papers recycled. Just saying, once you're done with this, please recycle it. Yeah, they're like, look, he's getting the word out. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he's educating us all. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, Pratt et al. They had to go public and say of Jolson the musical. This is not tax fraud, a sentence many of us have never had to utter. It's like it's like when someone says, I am not a pedophile, to which the correct answer is, fucking what? Man, we are uh, on Triple M at the start of last year. We spoke to the head of Adani Australia. I don't know if I've ever said this before. His opening sentence, Adani, obviously an Indian-owned mining company, yeah. he said, Opening sentence, it was like, uh, just so you know, Dani Australia pays all taxes here in Australia. You go, man, I've interviewed a lot of people. None of them have opened with where the fucking tax gets paid. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I just assume it's wherever they live. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, th- I think they've changed their name, Adani. That's how fucking dodgy it was. This is what I love. Do you know, Adani Mining changes its name to Bravus, which is the Latin word for brave. Yep. Which... Surely the brave move is just fucking staying a Darnie. That would be more brave. But mm. uh, the parameters of the term brave change quite a lot. Just call it a Darnie fracking co. Yeah. And then just go <laughs> blow up some indigenous artifacts that aren't even where you're looking to mine. Yeah. Oh, we got it. You got it. You can't be too sure. <laughs> it's got to be something under there. Keep going. Um. I've got to admit, right, when I when I heard there was an Al Jolson musical, my first thought wasn't, is this a money laundering scheme, <laughs> given that so many lovable Melbourne white-collar criminals are involved in something that sounds as ridiculous as this. No. The first thing I wondered was, in this modern PC-gone-mad world we're currently forced to live in, how much of the Al Jolson musical will be performed in its traditional blackface? Mammy. Imagine putting your name to that in this day and age. A bit more. But I know where the sunshine's bent. Mammy. Mammy. I don't understand why. Why is Al Jolson in blackface for this? Like, why does he. Ah. The song. Oh, yeah. It's just funny. <laughs> just for the time. I thought, oh, this will add a lot to this. 
And the time in Australian TV history could be 2009. Yeah, it could be. It's from, Oh, that's why. It's from the jazz singer, 1927. Yeah, it is. Like you, you, you rip off black music, you might as well at least, at the very least, pay some sort of tribute by blacking up to, to do it. So, you know, for his time, Al Jolson not considered a turd. Well, Sailor Satin 92 is written under the video of... Uh, He wrote, at a time when black people were banned from starring on the Broadway stage, he promoted the play by black playwright Garland Anderson, which became the first production with an all-black cast ever produced on Broadway. He brought an all-black dance team from San Francisco. He demanded equal treatment for Cab Calloway, with whom he performed a number of duets in his movie The Singing Kid. And he was, and I quote, the only white man allowed into an all-black nightclub in Harlem. That's taken right off his wiki page. The dude was so active in fighting racism, but people today just look at automatically judge. And he's capitalised in that sentence, racism, just, and judge. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a that's a good, good take on it, man. I guess if you've done blackface and then you pass away, you do need somebody to say he had black friends on your behalf in the internet comments. Yeah, well... I mean, it's like a comedian preceding something heinous by saying it's fine. I've got some friends who are exactly like this, so I'll say what I want. Um, blackface itself hasn't really evolved much, has it? Like it's so unrealistic. Mm. That's 100 years ago. People I see in blackface from time to time now, not out in the wild but on TV or whatever, up to 10 years ago, still exactly the same sort of method, just tub a nugget on the face. You'd think they'd get more advanced with it. They haven't. I just realised it's only six years away from the 100th anniversary of the jazz singer. Yeah. And I reckon that should be our Melbourne Comedy Festival show. Oh, that'd be a tribute, Al Jolson tribute. <laughs> oh, God. Um, all this time, right, Giuseppe is in charge of sea change management. Oh, of course. And uh, he's, he's still in charge of sea change management. That, that's his little business. This little Qantas incident has done Peter... Lustig out of a fair bit of work. Giuseppe's just moved on to bigger and obviously better lawyer mates. So the same year as Mammy, as uh, Al Jolson's musical, Giuseppe, the sole director of Sea Change, he, he owned Ocean Grove Hotel oh. and was behind the failed $100 million Colandina retirement village, all terms straight from the Ponzi scheme playbook. Um, in 07. Giuseppe was accused of trading insolvent, so he fronted up to the Federal Magistrates Court with a briefcase with 220K in it. That's not sus. And said, insolvent, bullshit, check this out, losers. <laughs> cash. <laughs> you never want to have a cash suitcase to prove how legitimate you are. Look at this. Oh. Look at all that cash in there. I know. What a great <laughs> thing to do. You might as well make a suit out of cash. <laughs> Turn and go, I don't think so. I'm not trading insolvent. Look at how much money's on my pants. Yeah. How can I be trading insolvent? <laughs> Fuck. Um, the whole sea change Ocean Grove business did go to shit, obviously. You just tell by the names, but not before. Thankfully, a lot of recent retirees have been relieved of their super. Oh. Um, I read the court documents. Giuseppe fucking did it. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like not even, this is, like he's a piece of shit, obviously, but not even the worst crime Giuseppe has perpetrated. Um, in 2004, Giuseppe has nipped into Coles, Brunswick. You must know the joint. Yeah, certainly do. At the behest of his pregnant wife, a former Liberal senator, Karen Sinan, to get some stuff. So he's shopping away, right? And he, gra- he grabs a Cornetto out of, out of a box of four and polishes it off without, while shopping. You just can't hurry. <laughs> is that the crime? Because he scoffed it down, and you're not meant to hurry. Turns it. out you can hurry it. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've never been one for that. Like the he thinks, look, I've stolen millions from old people. I think one cornetto won't be a problem. <laughs> Person buying that four pack will just have to be happy with three. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I fucking I don't like people walking around the shops eating shit that they don't yet own. Oh, I fucking hate it. Yeah. There's nothing worse. I and I've seen people do it with a roast chicken before. Just end up paying for a carcass <laughs> at the yeah. end. Just a bag with the with the uh, the gel in it. Yeah, it's a. Have you you know if you've ever put a roast chook in the fridge 
Oh, yeah, it's a bit that, of jelly in that, the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, yucky. <laughs> Would be nice, though, to just go shopping and see how much you can – just how many wrappers you can put through at an actual checkout. Like, you don't do it yourself. You just put all the empty packets on the – on the um on the belt, <laughs> see yeah, see what they think. I don't, I don't reckon they'd think much of it. It's piggy. Um, the staff had other ideas, right? And it, like he didn't pay for it. Giuseppe's just kicked off, and the cops came, and he ended up doing a Melbourne Classic. He's bitten one of them. Jesus! And for this, he got fined six thousand dollars. I've never bitten a cop. Six k seems you know fair. Yeah, if you passed your hat around and told everyone that's what it was for, I'm chipping in. I put a few hundred in. You chip in. Look, I'd chip in if it was cheaper, but that seems like amazingly for a police fine, that seems exactly right. Yeah. For a bite. Yep. Six grand. And hopefully the dude gets most of it. Did he blame it on because you said his wife was pregnant? You, that's classic baby brain. I know I've done that. I've just opened up a box of ice creams at the shop and then bitten a police officer because my wife's pregnant. Oh, fuck. You know yourself, yeah. I needed sleep. We all know, mate. <laughs> when your wife's pregnant, especially so, you've got to let off some steam by shoplifting a Cornetto. <laughs> One witness said that DeSimone carried on like a pork chop. Fuck, yeah. That's a direct quote. That's a concerned citizen on the street. Again, I think undervaluing biting a cop by referring to it as carrying on like a pork chop. Yeah. Or maybe it was right. Maybe that's rhyming slang I don't know about. Biting a cop, pork carrying chop. on like a pork yeah. chop. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a pork chop shoplift and then bite a cop. Um, all the while, this is going on. This whole business, the musical, the Cornetto, the ripping off old people. Giuseppe is receiving spasmodic phone calls, I reckon, from Peter Lustig saying, look, mate, I am that close to getting this $4.50 bus fare back. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's why he was angry. Man, they've come back. Their counter offer was fifty-eight million Qantas points, and I told them, "Eat my balls." So, yeah. where's the bus fare? <laughs> <laughs> You've skipped over a very important bit of my offer. Where's my fucking yeah. bus fare? <laughs> well, throughout this ride, I looked into Peter. I, I get the impression that Peter's a bit of a you know litigious above the fruit shop lawyer. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, his his legal. Like his legal education started with a fucking diploma. You know what I mean? It's not straight out of University of Melbourne law. Oh, no way. Cert three, cert four, <laughs> build up. <laughs> cert two in legal studies. Cert- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He'll do personal injury. He'll do all law. Yeah. Into, well, anything, absolutely anything, Yeah, including get get your bus fare back if you've been ripped off. I mean, I've said this before and I'll say it again, right? If you want to hand over your life savings for a retirement village studio apartment on the shores of beautiful Bass Strait, you'll never swim again, then do a bit of research and see how many fucking Cornettos have been stolen <laughs> by the guy building it. It's as much your fault as Giuseppe's. <laughs> Peter, right, He's gotten he's gotten out of the game. Peter's fashioned himself into one of your favourite things, some form of life coach. Oh, fuck yeah. With that background, why not? Oh, pretty good. Took nine years to lose a legal battle. I'd probably get out of law too and into something else. Yeah. Like the the more recently invented life coaching, the ultimate fucking middleman. Oh, yeah. What are they? The thing with a life coach, surely you want a winner to show you how to win, not a guy that couldn't get yeah. a fucking bus fare back from a huge company. Fucking balls of that. What's that you're trying to live? Something you're already doing. <laughs> Give me some money, I'll tell you how to continue doing just that. Extortion. Yeah. It's a coat of many colours, isn't it? Yeah. So much made-up shit. To turn the cat poster, fucking hang in there, into an actual occupation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking stretching that thin. I mean, probably a better life coach, much shorter sessions than an actual life coach, charlatan, but it'd just be... Pull your fucking head in, do some work, grow up. Yeah. That's it. See ya. Won't even charge you. <laughs> just fucking get on with it. Free. In fact, we could change this podcast to just lifecoaching.com <laughs> or something. So, yeah, this is how you live life, fuckheads. Don't open up the salt and vinegar on your way around the aisles. Hey, before you start, you know, pitching new business ideas, let's just check lifecoaching.com. Well, it's not a secure website. That scares me. Yeah, uh, life. Co- it's already taken. I'm so sorry. Of course. For the top two things: become a life coach 
find a life coach. So they've covered all bases at lifecoaching.com. You can sign up for your free life coaching session, which I'm about to put your phone number and email down for. Um, Excellent. And then, oh, meet Coach Carmine or meet Coach Kelly. Who do you want to? Who do you want to meet? It's this at lifecoaching.com. Yeah, they've got it. The premier life coaches of the world, I would assume. Well, or just the first ones. They've fucking got it. Yeah. The website does look like they picked it up in the uh, internet boom of 1996. Yeah, great. I looked up recently, actually. I was looking at funny domain names to just get yeah. and just invest in for five bucks a year or something. I looked up victim or victimhood.com because I just wanted it because you know, being a victim is fucking profitable now. Um, six grand or something. Someone wanted six grand for it. Oh. But it did say you can get victimhood.net and it's free. <laughs> well, no one wants a .net. Like a, you know, although the ultimate victim missing out on .com. Yeah, yeah exactly. They want you to pay for something that they already own, which means you're a victim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know I'm a victim of something, but I've got a, you know, victimhood TM. Um, Peter, he's got a website where he uses words like holistic approach and pathways, proprietary <laughs> limited. Um he describes himself, right? Can I tell you something? Go on. I reckon he's going to describe himself very different from the ways you've spoken about him so far. <laughs> Let's have a go. Peter describes himself as a collaborative practitioner. Yeah. Meditator. No. Oh. Lawyer. And coach. Smart move there, putting lawyer in the middle. Oh, yeah. And finishing on coach, put the shit bit in there. Yeah, the filler yeah. for the headline, coach. <laughs> coach. Um, on his website, he appears to enjoy bushwalking but never mentions it. Mountain scenery and forests and shit, they're the Chekhov's guns of Peter's online swindling business. <laughs> Just leave them there. People will assume something. I'm never going to say anything. Is that, the, is that the long walks on the beach of life coaching? I would think so, yeah. Just chuck it out. <laughs> It's the candle of wellness. <laughs> it's just a candle in the head header banner yeah. of wellness. They fucking love candles. Oh fuck. Do they have that at life coaching? Oh no, they've got a it's a sun sort of sun setting and a rainbow yeah. over a uh, a little island. Brilliant. Island in the middle of nowhere. Beautiful. That's what's happened to Peter. At least he got out of law, but did he really <laughs> get out of the swindling of the public? Um on a uh, on a lighter note, mate, I found Andrew Stocks, not to be confused with Andrew Stocks, the entrepreneur. Doubts kill more dreams than failure ever will. Um, neither is it Facebook's very own Australia Day cruise ship and Anzac Day in that order enthusiast, Andrew Stocks. No. <laughs> I found the flight attendant owner of the pokey finger oh. that allegedly started this whole palaver. By the way, the ultimate uh, entrepreneur slash life coach, do you know who Gary V is? Gary Vaynerchuk? No. Why would I? Gary V on Instagram, the quotes, the fucking quotes that this bloke just throws out there. Yeah. And you're expected to, oh, they're awful. <laughs> do you reckon Gandhi would have had Instagram if it was around at the time? 100%. He would fit right in. Yeah. Great quotes. Uh, here we go. Gary V quotes, skills are cheap, passion is priceless. There he is. It's simple. Be a good person and good things happen. Buy my book. Uh, Without hustle, your talent will only get you so far. And he's done the thing that we love the most here at Midflight Brawl HQ is that on his website and his bio, family first. Uh, but after that, businessman. Excellent. Does he say actually family first or just family? No. Family and then not first, family one ST. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> or every quote you just said makes me want to vomit and I disagree with all of them. Like sometimes you hear them and go, yeah, of course, hang in there. Like that's uh, a given. Well, hang in there would contradict his other one, which is there's no reason to do shit you hate. None. Don't dwell on your weaknesses. Everybody else is already doing that for you. Yuck. I mean, people should be ashamed a little bit 
Yeah. We should all be ashamed of something. But that, like, skills are cheap, passion's priceless. Fuck off. That's what's gotten us into this. Yeah. Like, skills, not many people have them, hard to get, put some more value on them and less on being passionate about fucking something. And I'm talking to comedians. (laughs) (laughs) Being underestimated is the ultimate stimulant. Oh, God. Fucking hell. Continuity leads to speed. Speed leads to results. That's, yeah. (laughs) Don't even make sense if people swallow it up. How many people clicked on that and said, good one? Oh, there'd be heaps. He's got a fair few um, on Instagram. 8.8 8.8 million followers. Jesus Christ. You know what, though? You know where I beat Gary V. What? My old solo podcast that you're a guest on once, crushing it. Yeah. With Nick Cody. Two years after I started it, I'd only released 10 episodes. He released his podcast called Crushing It with Gary V. Did he? But then he gave up and changed the name like a fucking bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hardly crushing it. What's it now? Did you do some research on the word crushing? Go, oh, that's, you know, people hear that and think something else. So we'll move over to, you know, mindfulness. He's a little man. He's one of these guys that, uh, you know, when they found out that swearing makes people trust you more. Fucking hell. Yep. So he's just a little guy that's like, sales, fuck yeah, baby, get it. It's the shit. You go, you don't swear, cunt. It's not meant to yeah. come out of your mouth. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> It's like an Australian putting a G on the end of the word fucking. Yeah, no, no, no. Fucking. Yeah. It's not private school, mate. Get out of here. What do you think this is? Buck Palace. Get off my property. Um, Andrew Stocks, right, he's, he's moved on from Qantas after 20 years of service and pivoted over to, what do you reckon? A bit of a sea change. Oh. Not a sea change, just a, a just what do you call it? A career change? Not a sea tri- change. Not going near the sea. Uh, a career change. Oh, maybe. Oh no, you wouldn't want to work with the public. He's already had to work with them. Definitely not. Maybe. Oh, maybe like an accountant or something pretty chilled out. Better thoroughbred farming. Fuck yeah. Mm. You know what I love about thoroughbred farming is that you can Everything. just sell. Well, yeah, you can just sell those horses off, and they've never even raced. You just go. Oh yeah. But her dad had this jizz and her mum won this cup. Yeah. Watch this. I can make him have a stiffy. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Give me a million dollars. Turns out, though, I mean, he, he did have an accident. Flight attendants are sometimes not that good at foaling horses. And uh, he sold the farm and become a a man after your very own large, deep down, made from gold, pure heart. What did he become? Don't know. No idea. A children's author. Oh. Wow. Free games and free so, games there. Oh, man. A man for all seasons. His website was a standard 404 situation. So I've done some more digging. <laughs> oh, no. He's pivoted out. Loves a pivot. He has. Just hand little Coke cans around. You know who you are. <laughs> Where do you reckon he is right now? Um, oh. Oh, Thailand. No. Well, I mean, I tried very hard to locate him because I thought being a Melbourne theme and everything, we might do this episode for the 50th episode and I'd surprise everyone by getting Andrew to appear live at the show. I thought, sick, this will be a little – Yeah. I don't do this sort of thing often because (laughs) it's fraught with danger. I'm doing it. (laughs) And a bunch of nerds would just carry me out on their fucking shoulders out of the show for for doing this, probably eight or so of them, to be honest. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You would have all been surprised. Most surprised, of course, would have been Andrew's widow. Oh. What happened? Either way, everyone, follow your dreams. Don't be afraid to be the change. Andrew's gone. He's gone. He, um, funnily enough, LinkedIn and Facebook, he wasn't quite gone on. Um... I thought this would be great. Started writing him letters, all that sort of thing. Yeah. No bueno. Bit rude. Didn't get back to me. Oh, that sucks. What a real downer. Yeah. Well, yeah. But he crammed a lot in there. Flight attendant, racehorse breeder, children's author. Yeah. 
It's really the last three jobs I want to do before I check out. So it's good to know there is a path. I think when you like when you start on that path, you are probably checking out fairly soon. If it's not a, if it's not a kick in the face by a five hundred kilogram animal, <laughs> it'll be the stresses of a fucking packed market of children's authors just trying to break through with your story about shit and then going to sleep. We've heard them all. <laughs> Why do they keep writing them? Anyway, <laughs> there's not much wiggle room when your whole book's 80 words, but they're still going for it. Respect. Yeah, living the dream. Oh, fuck. Is that the grim end to this one? <laughs> yeah, mate. Lots, such is life. It's, uh, it's, you know, that's how we all end up. It's the tattoo I just got on my stomach. Makes you think, doesn't it? That brings us to the end of another <laughs> Mid-flight brawl. Thanks so much for listening in. Uh, We've got live shows coming up, hopefully, in Adelaide and Brisbane. Sydney and Perth are being added soon. Heggy, LukeHeggy.com, at HeggyLuke on Instagram, and I'm at the Nick Cody, NickCody.com.au. Hopefully all of our gigs go ahead. Yeah. But who fucking knows? We'll see. Cheers, mate. I'll see you next week. And get on the Patreon, patreon.com slash midflight brawl for all the extra eps and all the extra stuff. We really appreciate your support. Helps us pay for Conrad, the awesome audio dude that fixes our bullshit every week and gets it to you sounding much better than I ever made it for the first 30-odd. Yeah. See you next week. <laughs> See you, mate. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Midair Brawl. This is our very first episode. Heggy, you're already shaking your head. It's mid-flight brawl, dickhead. Oh, fucking hell. Okay, ready to go. The clap. Hang on, sorry, I fucked it. Clap. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.